Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me with this week only is... Brad. Brad, it's a quiet week here at Real Nerds Podcast. Considering it's our three-year anniversary. I know, this is exactly our three-year... Well, I mean, it actually pushes it a little bit because you do 52 weeks and like the weeks don't really line up. Right. Because when did X-Men First Class? Was was it... I think it was June 6th of 2011. I think you're right. So, so I guess it's pretty much right on. And kind of appropriately, that episode was just you and me, and James was out. That's right. So that's right. So back to the original. Back to the original. What's your favorite thing over the past three years, Brad? Oh, of all of it, like you're yeah. just the sh- the show. Of all of it, yeah. I, I like making the pod show. As you can see earlier, you got to preview the DVD. I did. I got the. I got them. I got the. What, what, what would you call the samples off the press? <laughs> and um, the test disc, the, the test disc, and it looks really good. Uh, thanks, Brad. You put a lot of work into it. Yes, I did. It looks really good. It sounds cool. Um, each episode's menu page—I know what you'd call it—I guess yeah, title page, page yeah—has um, its own theme song to it. Um, the bloopers are really funny. It, you know, it's you forget all the stuff you've done, obviously, because we filmed it over the course of like eight months, right? And uh, there's some funny stuff on there. How long is it? It's 55 minutes is the outtakes? Something like that, yeah. It might be funnier than our show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> I think I laughed more in the outtakes than... But then again, I was there, so... Yeah, and th- maybe it's because the outtakes are so fresh, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, there's also some trailers. There's a fun documentary. You tell people how to make a photon pack. That's right. Um, not a proton pack. Not a, a proton, proton pack. pack. Um, um, it's lots of fun, though. Um was it fun making it, or has it just been arduous? Disc? Yeah, uh, I like seeing the final product, but yeah, yeah. Was it just like when you shoot something, the final product looks really good, but when you're doing it, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of because I haven't done a disc this elaborate before, uh, with all these special features mm-hmm. and almost like three hours worth of content. Um, so it's like anything. I, I'm worried this close to Denver Comic Con, the release date. Like, what's gonna prevent it from actually mm-hmm. getting done so that's got me stressed out but um the getting the disc was crazy um yeah they look really cool i love how that you uh here's a little spoiler guys the blu-ray is has blue in it and the dvd is red did we mention it's a blu-ray dvd combo i think we have but you know just if you're not excited you about it you should be yeah that's awesome i mean how many blu-ray dvd combos do you get for 12 bucks 12 bucks yeah well if you get it at comic-con okay i was gonna say taking three bucks off that's what I was going to... You, you, you spoiled my thing. <laughs> I was going to say retail, $15. Well, when you said 12 bucks, <laughs> 12, $12 at Denver Comic-Con. Yeah. So make sure you say hi. and Because we also just got word that our slip covers are done. That's right. Um, so And they look really cool. I actually, if you go to my profile picture on Facebook, you can find me through The Real Nerds. Um, I actually put the little sample picture you put up, and they look really sweet. Yeah, I was, I was in the... the the warehouse watching them get folded and it's pretty uh pretty impressive really that's cool yeah and then um the discs was, was a crazy <laughs> it really stressed me out last week because they're supposed to be here last 
Friday. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, UPS just at the end of the day, (laughs) me waiting. Like it it was a truck that left at eight at six a.m. and it never made it from Commerce City to downtown Denver. Which is what? And then it said, (laughs) yeah. Then it said, I'm sure they had a bunch of stops along the way, but it just didn't get to mine before Mm. nine o'clock or whatever. So I was like, well, I guess I'll wait till Monday. And then it came on Monday and the receptionist was away from our desk at work. Mm -hmm. So it went back to the warehouse. Oh my gosh. And so finally I just called him and said like, hey, can I just go to the warehouse and get them? (laughs) Because I really need to check them out before. Because I've only got a certain amount of days Mm -hmm. to let the manufacturer know if there's a problem. And uh, the DVD is a little printed offset. It's not quite aligned with the circle. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, what can you do? Overall, it looks really good, though. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't I'm excited, wait to... too. I can't wait to give it to people. Yeah. Because, like, a part of us is inside their home. A part of us is inside them. That's right. We're, we're putting ourselves in everyone's... And I just hit my dog with the laptop. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I just want to... The, the, you see a lot of, like, homemade discs at like of people's web series, mm-hmm. and this one, I hope, hope people... It blows them away. Cause... It should, too. And what's cool is because you're also on the board for Open Screen Night. Now you can bring those with you and... You can have your own little table. And then, yeah. oh, there also, too, uh, we can exclusively reveal on here, when we're done with Comic-Con, there will be copies at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics That's right. that we will put in there. Um, Andrew said he will put them in the local artist section of Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. So just look for them there. That's right. And uh, I think we'll, we haven't, because we don't have the disc done yet, um, we can't show them, but we're going to take it to Video One down across from the Esquire. No, oh, cool. And they might rent it there. So if you don't want to buy it, you can at least watch it, check it out. No, that's awesome. I didn't and know the Blu-ray is the only place you can see the special features because I'm not putting that stuff online. So yeah, and too, what people don't, yeah, you can watch it on Vimeo or YouTube, but the Blu-ray transfer looks amazing. Of course, the so, Blu-ray. <laughs> so you're getting a direct source. The picture looks way better. The audio sounds great, and you get commentary by us, which is a lot of commentary. A lot of commentary. I mean, that's just that's just gold. Yeah, that, that's just gold. Totally worth your fifteen bucks. Totally. And we'll have T-shirts at Denver Comic Con. Yeah, sweet T-shirts that you designed that which, I haven't seen yet. <laughs> yeah, I hope they're done. <laughs> I hope they're done too. It's like what? Six days away. Six days away. Um. Yeah, that'll be great. I, I can't wait to see those. And if you've got a special deal, right? For if you get a T-shirt and that's the disc. right. If you get a T-shirt, which are, no, are retail for fifteen dollars, guys, the Blu-ray retails for fifteen dollars, so that's thirty bucks. You're like, oh, I mean, that's not a bad deal for a T-shirt and you know a movie, but. But you go to Denver Comic Con, you get both. Twenty five bucks, dude. Twenty five bucks. I mean, I- I'll get one anyway. But if yeah. I was you, I would want to pay that. Totally. That. <laughs> and you know what? Also, we can exclusively re- reveal on the podcast. Well, it's not really exclusive, but we can say that Saturday at Denver Comic Con, which is June fourteenth, in rooms four hundred four and four hundred five. Nope. Four hundred three and four hundred four. Four hundred three and four hundred four. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I think you're wrong. Nope. <laughs> I think you're wrong. Uh, anyways, in the 400s. Four it's 403, 404, 405, and 406. Okay, so 403 and 404, we will be there having our own panel at Denver Comic Con where we will show three episodes, and we've decided to show two, five, and six mm-hmm. there, and then afterwards we'll do a little Q&A, and we will ha- be giving away a copy of the Blu-ray yeah. and DVD there. Not sure how we'll give it away, but... We'll figure something out. Yeah. We always it's do. A great way to get it for free is to just show up to that panel. And you know what? We'll bring a few shirts too, and we'll give them away as well. Yeah, um, just to have fun. And we you know we really want to have fun. Uh, make sure if you're at Denver Comic Con this coming weekend, stop by and say hi. You can record on our show. Um, we'll do our best to get uh, some more artists and some more celebrities on. Um, 
I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, every year, uh, I kind of get stressed out because um, being like the voice and the face of real nerds, I have to go meet these people and I have to do all these interviews. And it, it sounds really weird. And this has actually been my favorite part of the podcast is besides hanging out with my friends and seeing movies every week is doing these cons, these festivals and sitting there. And I always get really anxious before because um, I have this anxiety where I want to talk to people and um, and then it works me up and I really calm down when they sit down and talk to me. And then I get worn out. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. But then I get really excited again. And it's a really weird, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a weird thing I have. And you still don't have a moderator's list. Like they still haven't informed you of what panels you're supposed you to. You know, I don't even know where we're supposed to pick up our badges. Uh, there's a media center again. I just don't know. I yeah, is that where we're supposed to get them? Though I haven't seen an email about it. There's an email um, about people can pick up their badges at various comic stores. Yeah, you early. can. Yeah, you can if you've bought them. Right, um, but, but I'm wondering if media has that option. I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll email them. I mean, it's not really that big a deal. I'm sure we'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do know the three-day passes are completely sold out. I talked to um, Bruce at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics yesterday, and he told me he only has three Saturday passes left, two Friday passes, and like 15 Sundays. So make sure that you get out and get them because you can't get them on the website anymore. Right. The website's sold out. You have to go to your local comic shop. And our local comic shop is down to less than 20 passes for the whole weekend. So if you want to go, make sure you get them. Every week we go see a new movie. This week we went and saw Edge of Tomorrow starring Tom Cruise. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast when we talk about it. Uh, we also talk about movie news, comic books you should be reading, stuff we've been watching, box office numbers, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray. Um, that's what we do. Brad, what should we watch on Blu-ray next week? You don't know I have the list, but um, I'll, I'll tell people what they should get maybe on Amazon. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Um, actually, next week, um, I don't know if I'll buy anything until it's in, you know, the good old uh, $7 spot of uh, uh, Amazon. But hey, if you watch Cosmos, what the fuck? What is that? It's really popular. It's the number one Blu-ray next week. Uh, that. It's like a show like hosted by Carl Sagan, right? Yeah. But didn't Seth MacFarlane do something new with it? I think he's like the producer or something of it, I think. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's coming out. That's a show. I might check it out if it's streaming on Netflix. Um, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, is coming out. Again, a fun movie. You know. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> Nonstop with Liam Neeson's coming out. Another movie that's okay. It was fun. True Detective, that HBO show with Woody Harrelson and um, James's boyfriend, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, is also coming out as well. Oh, this is the one I'm definitely going to get. The Seattle Seahawks Road to the Super Bowl. Fuck the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I'm going to give that to you for Christmas. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. I'm going to keep on scrolling down. Oh, there there is a DVD release of The Short Game, which you, if you have Netflix, you can watch for free. It's a fun little documentary I saw about... Little kids playing um, golf in the world oh, championship. Oh, you talked about that once. Yeah, it's fun. You can stream it on Netflix if you have it. There were a couple things uh, James skipped over last week that I was a little bummed about. Yeah, do you remember? No. <laughs> but I wish I could help you. Mm. Let's see. I'm going to scroll, scroll all the way to the bottom. Oh, William Shakespeare's Collector's Edition on uh, from PBS. That'll be out on DVD. Uh, there is four kid favorites: Adventures of Batman and Robin. 
50 movies starring Steven Seagal. Um, he was in 15 movies? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he made a bunch of shit movies for a while. Dick Van Dyke Show is getting a re-release of their first 10 episodes on DVD. So if you haven't picked up the... On DVD? Dick, yeah, if you haven't picked up Dick Van Dyke Show on DVD, come on now. You get get with it. So I recently got the Blu-ray set, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm in season two. And did you watch the special feature of the... It may look like a walnut in color? Uh, I did. Yeah? Yeah. It's so disorienting. It is. It's, it's really weird because sometimes when you think it's going to look a certain way... Uh, and it doesn't like mm-hmm. uh, the walls and stuff were colors I would never expect them to be. Um, and part of me wishes there was like they'd done both on those discs, mm-hmm. so you could like watch the whole series in color. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I like the black and white just fine, but it's just out of having seen it so many times in black and white, it's just like what would it look like in color, even though it's like fake color. Do you think they have those uh, that uh, that film somewhere where it's, um, you know, colored film everywhere, or do you think it's just Oh, it's I. I think it's just shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, the colored uh, it may look like a walnut. They just digitally, yeah, colored all the frames. I, well, I was reading that it was a test that they were testing it. Yeah, they probably see what it looked like yeah. or something. They probably didn't like. Oh God, this is gonna cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all right. Yeah, I still love it in black, and it looks great on Blu-ray. We've said it many times, but yeah, it cleans up nicely. So does Laura Petrie. <laughs> Uh, This is the box office numbers for the number one movie in America last week. This is the box office stats. Maleficent was number one at $69 million. Um, Which is, uh, the the one thing that's really cool about it is it is a uh, a woman-led, like, tentpole movie. It's cool to see, um, you know, the woman stars being able to get their big big moment to shine in a blockbuster movie because um, usually it's the men who lead them. Uh, the movie we saw, A Million Ways to Die in the West, $16.7 million, which some people are shocked, but, you know, honestly, I'm not too shocked just because it's a little it's a little tough sell, like a, a raunchy Western. And wa- Westerns, I was looking, don't have the greatest track record anyways at box office nowadays. But Yeah, they're not that popular for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of shocked that the Ted audience didn't come back out for it. Yeah, you know, or something because you know Neil Patrick Harris is pretty popular now too. You'd think maybe some he'd help boost ticket sales, but I guess no one gave a shit. Yeah, I can understand maybe not a, re- a lot of repeat, repeat viewing, but mm-hmm. the fact that I don't know they should just stop doing like major comedies in the summer because yeah, there's there's too many other like action stuff. Just like well, I feel too. Some movies kind of got. I think they bunched movies too much in May. Mm-hmm. Um, cause so there could never be one like really big, like, uh, runaway hit. You know what I mean? There's, you couldn't have it because if the first week you have Spider-Man and then the following week is neighbors, which is a, a, you know, I guess a somewhat a big comedy. And then you follow it up with Godzilla and then you follow it up the next week with X-Men and then you follow it up with Maleficent. It's like, Oh, let's have as many movies as we can. And I think that's why captain america really benefited is because it had three weeks it had three no... works we, yeah you're right three weeks before another movie anybody wanted to see came out so um yeah because when you look to the tail end of summer there's not that many great movies coming out and i, I think i commented uh, a couple weeks ago that july 4th there's not a cool movie out all, all of july i was looking through i'm like nothing is exciting me yeah which is a shame well they did uh oh you know what 
before I, I tell you about that, let's go to real news. It's real news. They moved Jupiter Ascending from July into February. Oh, that was dang. like, yeah, so it, uh, so Feb, uh, July is even more barren now. Yeah. Like that it, was the big standout one, even though it didn't make me excited. But it didn't make me excited either, but, you know, at least you'd think, oh, I can uh, go see this movie and it'll be like a spectacle and cool and cool. The Rockies just won in 10 innings. Just, I just want to point that out. They Ooh, stopped the a 10 game losing streak. Game I mean, eight history? game, oh. eight game. I'm sorry, still pretty bad. Dang, <laughs> they needed that. So way, to, way to go, Rockies. Way to go. What the hell? They were doing awesome for a little while. They there. were, and then they hit a huge skid. Well, good job, guys. They needed that. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. Um, I was, I was reading that. Um, the Wachowskis were having problem getting the special effects to look right, and so they needed more time, and they couldn't get it done. And I'm thinking, I said, wow, they're still working on the movie, allegedly, and it's June. Yeah, it probably has to move because there's no way. I mean, when does a movie have to be? Well, I guess it's digital now, so I guess it doesn't really have to be done until like the wee hours of. I mean, you know, you're we're producing a Blu-ray right now. That's not going to be done until <laughs> the wee hours. I've already promised it, and it's not done. Um, did you watch? Maybe you ha- I don't know if it's on the Star Trek, uh, the motion picture disc. It might be on the director's cut, but uh, or was it Rathacon? One of the two. Um, they basically got the film prints into theaters like the day of. Oh really? Did you watch that? Special I didn't feature? see that special feature. I haven't had a chance to watch the special features yet, but yeah, it's crazy. Like back in that day, because it's not digital, so it's yeah. Like they... I mean, they have to ship them. Yeah, they have to ship them. So and... what do they do? Send them overnight on a plane? They'd have to, right? Yeah, um, I think they just rush delivered them, and like of course back then, like seventy nine or eighty two, um, there was there wasn't three thousand theaters. It was like a hundred. <laughs> Yeah. In the nation, so, so I, that made you ship too, but but still, I, it's, I mean, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah. Um, man. So that that was like blew my mind that they got that is crazy. Right I have to watch wire. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, only the other real news uh, this week is actually just before we uh, just as soon as we got back, they just announced the new director for Ant Man. Oh. Sorry, I let me close that. Um, as well, I'm looking for his name because I forget it. Uh, Josh Trank, who's directing the oh, fan- Chronicle, uh, Chronicle, and is doing Fantastic Four, is doing the next Star Wars standalone film. So it's going Abrams, um, and then who's doing the first spinoff film? Well, I can't believe I just dropped that dude's name. Uh, damn it. <laughs> uh, anyways, wait. So Josh Trank's doing the new. Ant-Man? Or is, is doing Ant-Man? No, he's doing the new Star Wars. So they're doing two spinoffs, and it's going J.J. Abrams, and who's doing the first spinoff is the guy who did Godzilla, Gareth Edwards. Oh, Gareth Edwards. And okay. then Abrams is going to... I don't know if Abrams is going to do the next Star Wars Episode Eight, and then after that, Josh Trank is going to do uh, the follow-up to that, too. So who's doing Ant-Man? Uh, yeah, I'm getting there, Brad. <laughs> I was saying that while I was talking about this. Okay. Um, and other uh, Marvel news, our good old Boy, the 303 is being represented as Doctor Strange. Scott Derrickson, the director of Sinister and the Exorcism of the Rose. And the upcoming Deliver Us from Evil, which looks really good. That's actually the July 4th movie that I think looks the coolest in July. Um, I think it comes out July 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a cool director. Um, and if Doctor Strange is uh, going to be like a horror movie, that will be really cool, too. Um, yeah, good for him. Do you think because you've uh, kind of 
Twitter friended him. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get him an, on an interview finally. I, you know, I want to really bad. And you know what the cool thing with him is, is he, uh, you know, he was really nice when I just, I just sent him a message about, um, what do you call it? I just sent him a message about dumb, uh, not dumb. His movie's not that bad. Is uh, he did? Uh, fuck, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Hellraiser Five. He did Hellraiser Five Inferno, and I liked it because it was different. And then I found out he did, you know, Emily Rose and all that stuff. And then I just tweeted him, and he, I found out he's from Colorado because in Hellraiser Five it takes place in Colorado. And I didn't know he was from there until he started uh, tweeting us. So Scott Derrickson, you know, come on my show. And he's a cool filmmaker. He's different. Okay, cool. So here's the breaking news that uh, I was getting to. Uh, Peyton Reed, who directed The Breakup, is going to make Ant-Man with Adam McKay. It's probably my phone telling me the Rockies won. Oh, it's over there. uh, uh, Who directed, yeah, The Breakup is directing Ant-Man, and Adam McKay is going to write it. Whoa. Um. Or I guess maybe just do a touch-up of the script, because don't they already have to start filming it in the next couple of weeks um, to get it done? So that's so weird considering all the speculation. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah, and it, it, I, I literally I just clicked on it, happened to pop up as soon as I came in. Um, you go from Edgar Wright to Peyton Reed. Yep. Hmm. I guess he did something. Um, yeah, you know, I had a thought that it would be awesome. At like, if DC was smart, they should wrap up Edgar Wright for one of their DC. Mm-hmm. Like, do like do Aquaman or something that's some yeah something like Aquaman where people are like I don't give a shit about him. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, because he would bring something unique and let him keep his voice. Um, I, I was it's really interesting. I was listening to a Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith, and he uh kind of he was telling me he, the reason he thinks is because Edgar Wright thinks so much out of the box. That um, that's why Marvel had issues with them because Marvel has their hand on everything in it. Yeah, and they, he's they want to stick to their formula exactly. And he said the reason he thinks this is because he was talking to Chris Evans and uh, just saying, "Hey, Chris, you did a really great job in uh, Captain America too." He said, "Yeah, thanks a lot, but uh, I'm told how to do things in that movie. Like he's told how to act and told what to do and how to go about it. So it's really interesting. So I'm sure if they do it on the acting level." I mean, it has to be on the directing level, probably even more so. Yeah, well, Marvel better be careful with how much control they have, because as Star Wars said, <laughs> the more you tighten your grip, the more Starship will, systems will slip through your fingers. Yeah, we'll see. And yeah. But DC should take advantage of that. They really should. Yeah. They really should, because you have a guy who loves comics and who loves that stuff. I mean, you can make a really cool... Heck, get him to reboot Green Lantern. I'm sure yeah. he can find a way, cool way to do it. He's inventive. Yeah, you know, because honestly, too, you know, I, I sent out a little message. I'm kind of, I really dig the character design of Batgirl. I've never read a Batgirl comic. I have no idea what it's about. But this week, uh, for Comic Book Corner, I have a Batgirl comic for you to read. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. I don't know. I just always love the Barbara Gordon look. The, the cow with, like, her red hair out and the little bat wings for her cape. And her boobs. And her boobs and her tight little butt. Um, but no, uh, have you ever liked Batgirl as a character? I don't know. You're, you're more in the Batman universe. I collected some of the comics for a while. I think when Gail Simone was writing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all right. I mean, wait. No, she was still Oracle then. Maybe it was Birds of Prey. I don't know. 
but yeah, I, I, the character's cool. I just I haven't collected as many comics lately, so I haven't followed. Yeah, it. well, the new Fifty Two, I know it's back to Barbara Gordon, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It, uh, I will tell you that I got the series of Death of the Family, which in the Batman run I freaking loved because it was really different. I was expecting this huge. In the Batman side, I was expecting a huge Batman Joker battle, and it really was just a battle of you know wits and battle of smarts and. Uh, you're going to do this to me. I'm going to do that to you. Um, and what's really cool is I think I enjoyed this series. So if you pick up Batgirl, the new 52 version, issues 13 through 16, uh, it ties into that. And it ties into um, the story, but it's told from a different point of view. So it's like you're seeing um, you know, a director's cut of it or something. So you see different parts unfold, how she gets captured and stuff and it's really fascinating, and the art in it is fantastic. El Simone's writing it as well, so I, was, I even got the uh, the the prologue first, and it's it's still pretty good. So I think I might go back and maybe I'll start on the New Fifty Two run because it's all Gail Simone, and I really like her Tomb Raider book. So, and, and I yeah, and the art's fantastic. It's Ed Bennis. Um, yeah, it's fun. You know, I didn't know if I'd like her as a character. I really just like her character design. I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck it, I'll take a chance. Who cares? Because I'm always looking for new comics to read. Um, yeah, I, I like your new costume too. Like the, they put more detail into it rather than just spandex. And yeah, like it looks like a tactical suit. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, so I did actually. I already pre-ordered her new fifty-two action figure. It doesn't come out till October, but um, I, I really and the one thing I think DC does do better is I think their DC Direct line is really cool. Um, Marvel has their Marvel Legends line, but uh, they don't release them as frequently as DC. Um, so I'm so I already ordered that one. So. I'll have it in October. My own Batgirl action figure. Which will go next to my Harley Quinns or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah. Pick up Batgirl 13 through 16. It's uh, it's a... F- it, the thing with the, uh, the death of a f- a death of the family, as people should know really soon, is it's not a very happy book. It's pretty depressing um, all around. So... Because um, I, I don't know. You read The Death of the Family. You weren't impressed with it as much as I was. No, I liked it. Um... um. I just thought there was really some haunting images in it, and yeah, it, did you? Well, I guess you probably they just released um, a Joker face edition of the collected volume. No, oh, I didn't see that one. Like it's a box set where you get like the skinned off Joker. Oh, face. Oh, I did. I heard about it, but heard I heard about it, and uh, it, it looked interesting. Yeah, it looks <laughs> gruesome, like that box set. Oh, that's awesome. That fleshy face, but uh, I, yeah, it's just they're, they're really dark books, and I mean my favorite actual little bit about it is I, th- I don't know if it's the last issue or it's the second to last issue but you know it's talking about bruce is talking to i think it's uh damian wayne i forget who about the joker in their first encounter when he got back to the bat cave and he found the joker's little playing card on his bat bat boat i don't know what, what's his bat boat called the bat ski boat bat ski <laughs> boat uh it's called the the boat wing yeah. <laughs> uh and he's talking about it. He said, and I went back to Arkham Asylum, and, I, and he's like, I, you dropped this. And he didn't care who Bruce Wayne was. He could give two shits. He just wanted to kill Batman. It's, it's a cool little psychological thriller. Um, so, yeah, pick up Batgirl. I, um, damn it. You made me forget what I was going to say. Uh, Scott Snyder, what? Uh, come on. Oh, yeah, I heard an interview, like, uh, Batman on Batman. Mm-hmm. It comes with an interview with Scott Snyder. And I uh, I enjoyed his take on like 
the Joker of being like the Joker feels like he's part of Batman's like arsenal. Mm. Like, um, like he's the jester in Batman's court. And like, instead of viewing Batman as like his villain, he's actually more like his King. Hmm. And so he has to, like, he does all this crazy stuff to like serve the Batman. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're more of a Batman fan than I am, but I do love, I do love Batman's big stories for some reason. I really like, I loved Hush. I love the mystery about it. Um, and obviously the art, Jim Lee's art. Um, and this, uh, the death of the family, I think it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, this Batgirl, I'll get on because, again, I have no preconceived notions of the history about it. But you're such a Batman fan. You get those goofy old Batman comics. Are they fun to read or is it hard to read them? I, uh, I mean, I guess what? The really old ones are pretty ridiculous. Like I said, there's the there's the guy who's a pen. Uh, the yeah, the eraser head. You know, because when we go to comic stores and you're like, you know, when there's sales or something, say, oh, I'm going to get this one. You show me the covers. I'm like, what the fuck are you getting? <laughs> um and but is I guess there's some sort of um, charm to it. Oh yeah. It, it, the weird thing is to think that like like people older than that, older older than us grew up with that, and mm-hmm. like to them those were the smart stories, like the really talented yeah. stuff. And then like I read them, and I'm like, wow, the bar <laughs> was really low. <laughs> but yeah, comics has just become a thing. So um, like nowadays, like they're really like you. I, don't, I think people appreciate how elaborate and like complicated comics have become. Oh yeah, and even with the um, the art, I actually just read as uh, Amazing Spider-Man one hundred and five, and it's uh, I mean it's an okay book. It's it's actually I forgot the little story behind it is, um, Stan Lee stopped writing Spider-Man at, after issue one hundred and one, and then he went away and he came back and rewrote one hundred and five, and I actually. I think Mile High Comics mispriced it because it's a it's an old issue. It's from 1971, and they ha- were having their 60% off sale, and I got it for $7, and I think it's like a $100 comic. Whoops. Because they had it listed as fine, which the, uh, you know, grading, it goes, uh, like, fine is on the lower end because then it goes very fine, the near mint. In it, like, the corners are all sharp. The pages are beautiful. I think they totally mislabeled this comic. I don't know where they got the fine from it, but... But again, it's just like this dorky, oh, I'm going to, Spider-Man fights a spider slayer in the shape of a spider <laughs> that J. Jonah Jameson is controlling. Yeah, ex- ex- expectations were low back then. Like now it's like everything has to tie into other storylines mm-hmm. and all the, like in the 93, I was collecting Nightfall and like they're still printing them on newsprint. Yeah. And then like at the time I was like, don't we have paper better than this? Yeah. And then. I started collecting them again in like the early two thousands, and like they finally had like glossy pages, and like now they're all like that. It's just, you know that that's one of those images though in the Batman universe that stuck with me is Bane breaking Batman's back. Oh yeah, that cover by Kelly Jones is. I wore the shit out of that. Comic. See, I even remember the artist because I remember how amazing that comic is. Wait, who? Kelly what? Jones. He just did the cover. Yeah, I mean the cover. I remember. Oh yeah, um, they recycled that like pose over and over oh, again yeah. for different um, events. It's just so iconic. Um, yeah, but yeah. It's just it's just really fascinating. You're right, seeing comics now because the one thing you know, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but I'm really nervous because the next this and the next three or four issues are amazing. They're going to start doing thing called Spider Verse, where they're going to have every incarnation of Spider-Man in the same book. I'm like, oh, this reeks of (laughs) Infinite Crisis or something. Your favorite one, the Scott McFar or Todd McFarlane. Oh yeah, where he's all contorted and. 
Venom will probably show up, make it horrible. You know, I should. Like, I wonder if Kelly Jones isn't coming to Denver Comic Con, is he? I don't think so. I didn't see him on there. Um, but we will. There is some people I really want to get on. Um, there's some Batman artists, and um, I, I mean, Kevin Conroy is going to be the big one I'm going to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see. Oh my god! If you get him on, you got to have him do an intro. Oh, are you kidding me? And see, you know, the one question I think the one thing that people kind of forget about Conroy is, yeah, his Batman's great. His I think his Bruce Wayne's better. Oh yeah, because you know, of course, his Batman's awesome, but how he he actually makes Bruce Wayne's voice higher. And more um, suave, suave, and kind of a like a buffoon though. He's like, oh, uh, oh, what's <laughs> happening? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's an interesting take on Bruce Wayne, and I think it's, I mean, I think it's really good. But it's only public Bruce Wayne because when Bruce Wayne is talking to Alfred, Alfred or something, yeah. he's Batman. It's it's a really cool performance. I don't think a lot of people. I don't want to really ask him about those questions, you know, because I think that's his best performance that no one talks about is his his public Bruce Wayne. I still want to hear like, I am the knight. I am Real Nerds Podcast. Oh, dude. That'd be awesome. Well, ask him. Batman fan? I'll just take the recorder with me and like hide <laughs> in my pocket and like, hey, guy. <laughs> well, see, uh, I'll show you. No one can see this on here, but I got this ash print what? that's really badass. I'm going to have Bruce Campbell sign it. Nice. I'm, I'm oh, that's f- from uh, Eslinger? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have him sign it, and I'm going to frame it because I think that'll be unique. Um so and I, and I want Bruce Campbell to be like, "All right, you printer screwheads, listen up. This oh, is the Real Nerds podcast." Perfect. That would make me cry. Yeah, we. Sorry, Jonathan, we'd have to run that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna try. Everybody, you know, we're recording on this little thing that you have, so I'm gonna drag you around and and things like that. So hopefully, we'll do it. I'm hoping that it, since we're gonna be paying for their autographs, they'll be willing to say stuff like that. Are you paying for autographs? Uh, I'm gonna get Bruce Campbell's. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I. I was thinking of something else. I, I was browsing around the Denver Comic Con website, and they have the photo ops thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those are expensive. They are. They're like ex- as much as a autograph. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, I mean, with Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar, I'm sure <laughs> that's definitely worth it. Yeah, but I, I mean, what does the photo op entail, though? I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know what it entails. Do you get, like, a really cool picture with them, or you just come out and they take it on a camera? Or Yeah, I'm sure you just go to a photo booth, and you stand mm-hmm. next to them, and... Oh, and they're there for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I've never done. I've never done that stuff before, so I don't know. Yeah, me either. No, we'll find out June thirteenth through the fifteenth. And if you're looking for a good place to get comic books, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada, Colorado, is a place to go. We forgot to mention this earlier, but the actual programming schedule is mm-hmm. online on Denver Comic Con right now. Oh Under yeah, the programming section. It's a PDF. You just open that up and uh, check out what all times of things are across the different days. There's a ton of stuff going on. I know I really kissed their ass about getting the Bruce Campbell thing. I wonder if I'm going to get it. Yeah, I was trying twice. To look, I was trying to look for like the star panels, like mm-hmm. to see who's like counter programmed against the Pod Show. Mm-hmm. I didn't see like none of the major people are listed. It seems kind of so. late. I'm pretty sure the latest panel I did was James Marsters, and that was on Sunday. It was like at three in the afternoon. So they're all morning stuff usually. Yeah, they're like midday stuff. That's good. Yeah. So. Because it's not San Diego yet. It's not like, you know, Kevin Smith doing a three-hour Q&A in a huge hall. But uh, I was looking for uh, just to see who would be, like, mm-hmm. what's going on that other people would not would not come to, come to ours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, maybe it's the brony one. Or like the or uh, Bruce Campbell's doing his, so like, you can't be at the pod show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd probably be the only – yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's tough. That's really tough. Brad, you got this right. Um, but we got. I got to make sure I bring somebody with me to these panels I'm doing because I need pictures and stuff. And yeah, um, yeah. If you, if anyone wants to 
photographed the real nerds this year. We'll have Zach a pass. Said he was going to, but we, have, we should have a pass for them. For them, yeah. I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll have to see. Yeah, because you know, I, we do need a little more information. But I think we're getting one because we do need people to watch our booth while we are doing this stuff. So, is your wife going? Uh, she has Friday and Saturday off, so she can. I don't know how long she wants to stay. Well, being pregnant and all that, it's probably like <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the, the most comfortable thing. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully someone can fill in. Yeah, we just need someone to stand there and hand out our business cards. Yeah, I'd like someone to film the panel. That'd be nice as a yeah. bonus feature on season two. Oh yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, good idea. So, send but anyways, us your resume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send us your resume or just you know say hi. Where's Zach? Get your shit together. Yeah, come on, he, Zach. He wanted to do a documentary of podcasting, and he said he was going to film, maybe, maybe not, of Comic Con. So mm. we'll see. Hopefully, he'll do it. Well, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if they didn't, because you know we're giving them like a, a free pass. They should. <laughs> And the media pass. Here's the thing. Here, here I'll, I'll sweeten this little pot. You guys know when you have the media pass that you don't have to wait in line. So if you come and help us, you know, you go through the back door. Uh-huh, you go through the back door, <laughs> and you don't have to wait in lines for anything. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, like if you're getting food or something, but getting on the show floor, um, getting into panels. I'm just saying, you don't have to. Um, and don't send us like, oh, I, I, I've held a camera. I can shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm a filmmaker. I know. Yeah. I know what quality work is. So we need your help. So don't try to fake us out. Yeah, we need help. So um, just let us know if you can do it. Zach, anybody. Maybe Ryan can help us out. Or um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. We'll yeah. figure it out. As soon as we know, as soon as we get more details, then uh, we'll help you. Man, we went off really bad here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just pick up Batgirl. Uh, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. That's all right. I didn't watch that much this week, Brad. It'll be quick. Um, I did watch uh, seven episodes of Game of Thrones season three. Um, Why wow, you're on season three already? Yeah, it, it's uh, again. I think the show's really good. I don't know what James is saying. It's like so gross. There's really just a drama. They don't really show that much like bloodletting. There's really not that much sex. And I mean, I think every episode does have a naked chick in it, but there's really not that much sex. It's not like Spartacus. Um, People are saying how like much sex there is in it, but every time I've seen parts of it i then never run into that well here's the thing is i th- th- their episodes are like an hour and four minutes long and there's like one naked chick in them for a minute so you have another hour and three minutes where there's no sex going on um but yeah it's really not that violent uh, i mean there is some violence in it but i don't know i mean it's really good it's wonderfully shot it's wonderfully acted um i, I really enjoy the show but you know, when James was telling us about how bad it is and stuff, I was expecting, you know, something worse than Spartacus because I don't think Spartacus is, well, it is bad, but me, me. Speaking of Spartacus, did you see, the, like, uh, who Showtime might be picking up Spartacus or something? What? I didn't see that. Someone's trying to pick it up. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, so, Game of Thrones is fun. Um, the actors are fun in it. Uh, is it weird the more great things I hear about it, the less... Interested I, you are? Yeah. It's no, probably it's, like you and Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I still haven't watched a Breaking Bad yet. A single episode. I've never seen a single episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah, I've just all this stuff online like Game of Thrones is HBO's like most mm-hmm. praised show ever. I'm just like <laughs> whatever. Fuck you. Um yeah, you know, only the only reason I really got into it is I I forgot what I bought that I got this pilot on Blu-ray for free. Some HBO thing. I don't remember what it was. But anyways, I, I got the pilot and I watched the pilot. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. But it really never piqued my interest to watch the show. And But people kept on talking about it. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? 
And I started watching it. I really enjoy it. So What's the appeal? Because like, no one ever talks about like their favorite character or interesting plot points other than the Red Wedding. Like, um, You know, the appeal is just it's um, like the actors are really great and it's just a political drama really set to fantasy stuff. You don't like Mad Men, but you'll watch political drama. Well, yeah, because in this one, times. there's like this girl named Khaleesi who's the dragon queen or something. So she has pet dragons. And she trades a dragon for all the slaves so she can build an army to claim her throne. Because it's a Game of Thrones, so it's peace. people are putting claims on this throne because the one king died. And it's everybody... all about getting that spiky chair. Yeah, and it's you know they so they go to war over it. So there's a huge war happening over a chair. Yeah, so you can of be the, so you can be ruler of the seven kingdoms. Right now you're making me sound like a fucking Game of Thrones nerd. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's uh, yeah, it's just like lots of backstabbing and um, what was what, what was the question again? Why I like it? What's the appeal? Yeah, because like no one ever t- talks about specifics. Well, I mean, my favorite character is uh, Tyron Lannister. He's the midget. <laughs> it's Peter Dinklage. He's really he has a name. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good in it. Like, he's really funny. Um, he's really clever, and so I, I he's my favorite character in it. Um, John Snow's kind of cool, but he's John Snow's kind of the bland, like hero guy. You know what I mean? He's oh, I fight for the, the right passage, and the thing that makes him interesting is Edward's uh, Ed Stark, who was or Ned Ned Stark, <laughs> who got his head chopped off at the end of the first season. You know, Sean Bean, he dies and everything. Um, it's his bastard son, so he didn't even get, like, Stark's last name. And so he's an interesting character. He kind of goes off and joins, like, the Rangers. Um, but I was given a, the first book as a gift this week from the vice president of something at Kidoba that I trained. And he gave me uh, the first book because he talked about how much he liked it. And I said, oh, yeah, I really like the show. So as a gift for training him, he gave me the first book. So I'll read it, see what it's like. Um, but, yeah, I guess the appeal is it's just fun. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know I can't sell you on it. You really have to watch it because the sh- episodes are so intricate and there's so much going on, and I can't really like. Ooh. But yeah, she gives. Anyways, I was telling you, she gives like the dragon to the guy who has all the slaves because she's building an army, and uh, the dragon's not listening uh, to him, and he says, "Why won't it listen to me?" And she says, "Fool, you can't enslave a dragon." And the dragon like lights him on fire. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. So she didn't lose that dragon, is what I'm saying. She tricked him, and that dude was barbecued. Uh, the only other thing uh, I, I've been watching tons of South Park I'm bummed though um, and on Amazon season 15 dropped to $10 so I ordered it and they sent you the plastic yeah. case version sucker but the picture I clicked on was not the plastic case one I think you they're cool you probably just claim like dissatisfaction over it and they'll send you a brand new one <laughs> that, you know the thing Amazon is really cool I uh, my friends complete series uh, did I tell you that story about the friends of complete series maybe uh, anyways, I ordered it, and um, I kept on looking, and it wasn't taken out of my bank account. And then I looked on my orders, and it just went away. I'm like, what the fuck? So I emailed them. I says, hey, I ordered this. I just want to make uh, – and I haven't been charged, but I want to make sure it doesn't show up, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they sent me this email back. I was like, oh, yeah, sometimes things go out of stock, and we're sorry we didn't tell you. If you want to reorder, we'll overnight it to you for free. <laughs> and so I reordered it, and the price dropped $20. So – me trading in my old friend's DVDs for $90, I paid $90 for it. So I literally broke even <laughs> upgrading to the Blu-rays. And the Blu-rays, and they actually went back to the 35-millimeter negatives and made them widescreen. So it's, nice. in Blu-ray, it's widescreen. It looks amazing. Um, so it's really cool. Um, so the only other thing besides South Park I watched this week, I watched uh, Star Trek episode uh, 3, The Search for Spock. Oh, finally. Um, and... 
Hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. Hmm. I, I think there's some parts that are really cool. I didn't know Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon was in it. Yep. Um, Commander Cruz. Uh, but there is some really interesting... Again, I, I really like William Shatner. I really do. Um, I think... This sounds bad, but I think because Leonard Nimoy directed it, it kind of wasn't like the strongest staged of the Star Trek yeah, movies. Yeah, the production value feels a little. It does, and I think sloppy. it's just where the camera is because that final battle between Kirk and the Klingon should be cool, but it's it looks like a TV set. Yeah, um, he, he directed four though, so he got it together. Yeah, but but yeah, but he, he he I didn't know he directed four, but yeah, four looks great, and four has huge. Like on scale wise, it's way bigger than three. Um, but I think the idea again, the thing I love about the Star Trek movies is I love the ideas behind them. I love, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when I saw that planet being built, even without knowing anything about the search for Spock, like I never even read like a synopsis for it. I had a feeling that Spock's thing went there that he'd be reborn, but I didn't know that you know he was born, he's aging acceleratedly, and so the planet was basically killing itself because it was unstable. Um, and I mean, again, the movie's fun and I, I think it's cool to see like, uh, Klingons, um, cause I, I don't really know anything about them, but I know they're badass and to see them as the bad guys and, um, you know, they want to die with honor and, and things like that. And I don't know too, you know, it's weird when you see the enterprise crash, you're like, no, it's such a cool <laughs> little, yeah. uh, and so iconic that when it crashes, it's disheartening. And I mean, I saw episode, uh, episode four, I saw the fourth Star Trek. Are they on the Enterprise in the fourth one? I don't remember. No, they're on the the Klingon ship, and then they get the new Enterprise A at the end. Oh, that's right, because they use the Klingon to go back in time, right? Yeah, they use the bird of prey. Yeah. Um, Double asshole to you. Um, I'm actually really excited. Double ass on you. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to watch that one again. Uh, but yeah, you know, too. I, the, also, too, I don't think uh, Kirk really earned being that upset that his son died. Um, it seemed kind of like forced in in the second uh, second Star Trek and the Wrath of Khan, but I don't know if in his in the show he had a son and they. I don't remember. Again, I've only seen I haven't seen uh, two seasons of the original series yet. So, um, but I do love uh, when you know his son dies saving um, the female Vulcan. Savic. Yeah, he says, uh, "Klingon bastard, you killed my son," and then, and he. What's really cool about that performance is, yeah, it's a little over the top, but what makes Kirk such a cool character is he's so pissed, and then all of a sudden, you, Shatner does this thing with these looks, where all of a sudden he figures out what he's going to do. He figures out that he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to surrender the uh, Enterprise, and um, as soon as those Klingons get on board, I'm going to self-destruct it. And you can see the wheels turning. I don't know what he does as an actor to make me believe that. But, you know, when his son's dead and he's pissed off and then he falls out of his chair, then he gets up and composes himself because he's a, you know, he's an admiral. You're like, oh, shit, here it goes. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. And, oh, it's awesome. And then he just outthinks him. That's kind of the uh, the caveat of, like, Star Trek becoming more popular and being, like, mm-hmm. in the hands of, of the, like, really the studio's control now that Roddenberry's gone. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... There's so much pressure to like make money and like yeah. be accessible. Well, it has to be to a audiences. franchise now. Yeah. Whereas back then, it was like so cool because you could just like, hey, I have this idea, and I we should make it like three is pretty much just running around collecting a guy from a planet. Yeah. Well, because you know, uh, again, uh, I forget the guy who plays Bones, but I love him too. Uh, DeForest Kelly. DeForest Kelly. That's why I'm really excited for you to see five because like. Like the new movies make such a big deal about like it being a Kirk and Spock relationship, mm-hmm. but it's really the three of them, and mm-hmm. the new ones put kind of 
pushes Bones to the side. Yeah. But five is like they go into like each of their backstory together. Oh, really? Yeah. And like people, you know, seem to hate five for some reason. It's not the best one, but it's still like a good movie in some ways. Well, so. that's too. I mean, you had me really concerned about the first one. Um, but I, I still think it's a cool movie. Yeah. But there's no way you could pull that movie off nowadays. You could not have the Viger <laughs> and Viger, yeah. Viger and at the end, it's a satellite that got lost and became self-aware. Yeah, there's no way you could pull that <laughs> Some off. Some executives now. like get out. <laughs> yeah, but it works. And I, there's I no really, explosions. I really think if they trimmed out about ten minutes of them just flying through space, yeah, that movie would be super tight. Um, it's still still a cool movie. And I mean, honestly, you know, when you see them go to the Enterprise and the lights like flashing on it and stuff, and it looks like a ship, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and um, that probably makes a. Uh, it blowing up in three because like, you spent all that time yeah, watching yeah. how awesome it was you know and you know i again i probably benefit from watching them this way mm-hmm. just like you know oh, yeah. watching lost or some other show because you, you know i told you you know seeing the enterprise crash you're like fuck because <laughs> it's so iconic and yeah. so you're like oh they just got that shit <laughs> i know and it just burns up and it's i mean that special effect is really pretty amazing in that movie mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean besides some little clumsy directing in it um I, I thought overall it's actually pretty good. Um, it doesn't have the best reputation online, but I've been I was reading a lot, and it seems that um, some people are unfairly bash it for certain things. Um, I just don't think they understand it. Yeah, it's 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 cool that it's like almost like a continu- It's a, well, it is a continuation of two, but like how often do they do that anymore? It's like oh, oh yeah. a new story, new like yeah, it's a complete you know, it's furthering that story, and then it even goes into four like. And two, but it's also what's really cool. You know, I didn't even mention that in two, they actually did do that stuff with Spock where he's no, he mind melded with somebody and they go back and they show it again. And you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, to write a movie like that and kind of go back and touch those little key moments in it. Yeah. Especially, I don't think they're planning three. So, oh, of course. To be able to like, look back at the other movie and be like, oh, we should take that and yeah, it could like, be this. And pinpoint it. And. To go back and show Kirk going through like the security cameras and trying to figure out that's why I love Kirk is he's really smart and he uses his brain more so than his brawn um, to beat his enemies and that's what I watched this week I had I had fun watching Star Trek nice I can't wait to see you and I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try one. to get through the rest of them this week I, I keep on getting busy at work and I end up leaving work like at seven and you're not gonna get much done this week with Comic Con <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see um, I'm actually I get to leave work early this week all the time so. Fingers crossed. Hopefully I'll be able to do it. What'd you watch this week, Brad? Uh, yeah. I've been trying to remember this whole episode. I've been watching a lot of Dick Van Dyke on Blu-ray. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I talked about the color thing mm-hmm. of Walnut. Um, I feel like I did and I forgot. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I okay. So... I didn't watch anything new except for a few weeks ago where I totally forgot that I watched Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie it since like I was a kid. It was like three weeks old, so good luck. Um, yeah, uh, there was a How'd This Get Made podcast I was listening to, so they watched it. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things they kept saying was like, this is a kid's movie? Um, so I was like, I don't think it was made for kids. I think it's... Well, it was, Ernest was never really kid humor, I don't think, in my if I remember I think correctly. It was just tame humor for adults. Yeah. Because, like, they're right. There's, like, some really messed up stuff. <laughs> if this was a kid's movie, there's, like, you know, um, the, like, the villain, Ernest, tries to almost rape this woman, <laughs> you know? 
Like he throws himself on her, and you know, I did forget that Ernest Cross dresses a lot in his movies and his yeah, he plays different bits. characters. Yeah. So like in in jail, he also plays the villain who's like you know not a bumbling idiot, and then uh, he also plays his aunt because um, he has the two ball and chains stuffed up. Oh, that's right, <laughs> in his dress, uh, and he always has the lipstick on horribly. Yeah, um, man, it's crazy thing too. How long ago did Jim Varney die? Like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I think twenty years ago, a long at least time. Uh, Toy Story two, yeah. So that's ninety eight. So wow, sixteen years, yeah, seventeen years. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a fun movie. It's obviously really <laughs> cheaply like put together, and it's very slapsticky. Um, there's like this, and the end climax has him green screen, like because he he develops these magnet powers. Um, I don't remember this movie at all. I just always remember he's digging out. And he's like. <laughs> the poster, you know? Yeah, he's digging out, yeah. <laughs> um he he's a janitor at a bank and somehow I, f- I forget, he uh comes in contact with something, he gets electrocuted. Was it the Do you remember the two gu- the guys, um I forget their names, but they're like I think they're brothers, but they're also like really into guns. No, I don't. They're security guards at the so they're like constantly testing like new bank defense systems and one of them is like a steel cage that comes down. If a the alarm goes off, like a you know a jail. Cell oh yeah, drops yeah, yeah. On. I remember that part. Yeah, it's electric. So I think Ernest runs into that and like develops his electrocution powers, and then um, he becomes a, a witness, or he got, uh, he gets jury duty, and then there's like some guy on trial, and then he's friends with the like the bad Ernest. Um, yeah, he tells him, "Hey, you're you starting to refresh my memory on this." Yeah, so Ernest gets mistaken, like knocked out. Like there's a field trip to the jail. For for the jury <laughs> at one point, and he gets knocked out, and, sw- and they switch places. Um, and then, yeah, while he's in jail, he just kind of like has to deal with all like the the bad Ernest buddies, and like one of them eventually becomes his friend. Um, <sighs> Jeez, man, yeah. And then he like escapes, and then goes back to the bank. And obviously, like it's great for the bad Ernest because he gets a job at a bank, so he's gonna try and rob mm-hmm. the bank. And then, yeah, there's this green screen of like. After Ernest loses his magnet powers, he like has anti gravity powers, so he's constantly like <laughs> bouncing over the walls, and it's like really for oh, yeah. the green screen. Jeez, man! You know the one I watched the most when I was a kid was Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, that's fun too. I have that one. I might watch that again soon. Um, but the interesting thing was, I after like while I was watching, I was like Wikipediaing, like mm-hmm. how did Ernest become a character and stuff? Yeah, because um, he's got a bunch of other movies. Like half of them are straight to DVD, but <laughs> like it was a big thing. And he yeah. had like, TV specials and stuff. And it was just that um, this advertising agency in like Tennessee, I think, or Kentucky, came up with this character Ernest, and he like sold. He wasn't just like a mascot for like a single product. Like he did Coca Cola ads. Really? He did. Um, all it was all Jim of, Varney. All Jim Varney. Um, and they were always like, uh, he was always talking to the camera in hmm. each of that. So like all these different like famous product brands all had the same ad where this character Ernest is talking to Vern talking uh pitching the pro- like selling the product and stuff and I was like wow like what a amazing and then uh, the director is John Cherry I think he owned part of the advertising agency so like like he went on to make movies and stuff and oh that's cool yeah just that's it, like someone who made it themselves you know just through hard work yeah just this like it's so weird to think like a character could from a uh from a product could be like yeah diversify that much like in this day and age i don't, I don't think so no way like you're not gonna see ronald mcdonald he's been around forever and he's not <laughs> yeah. gonna start doing 
<laughs> to, to, uh, Sony ads or nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, just good for Jim Varney, I guess. Yeah, he did some dramatic stuff, apparently, but yeah, nothing terribly notable. Mm-mm. So, well, they got me interested. I might watch Iron Scared Stupid too. I gotta find Saves Christmas. I haven't seen Saves Christmas. And I, there's a bunch of DVD ones, but um, they're pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw the Slam Dunk one or the Africa one. No, Army. I think he went to the Army. I don't know. Can't remember. Yeah, there's a lot of them. The straight to DVD ones are pretty uh, ridiculous. But yeah, the theatrical ones I remember not being uh, like the Ernest Scared Stupid. I loved when I was a kid. Yeah, like, I have Stupid in Camp, and Saves Christmas. I gotta find. Hmm. So. I think it, the camp was the first one. I think Christmas is the second one. Jail's the third one, and Scared Soup is the fourth one. Hmm. Those are obviously the best ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it for me. Right on. So this is a part of the show where we tell people about the movie we watched this week, and if they should see it or not. <laughs> I always I'm like, oh my god, is that still recording? I was checking. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this week we went and saw Edge of Tomorrow. Brad, should people go see Edge of Tomorrow? Uh, I did not have high expectations for this movie, and it might be my favorite movie of the summer so far. Nice. Uh, yeah, this movie was freaking badass. Um, you know, I, I, the trailer sold it really generically. Yeah. Um, but as I started reading reviews and people were falling in love with it, and what really started is Tom Cruise started doing, he'd surprise people, he'd go to screenings of it and just show up. Um, and so yeah, this movie is really awesome, uh, and really clever. And, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say more, but we should probably save it for after the trailer. Yeah, let's, let's roll the trailer that is generic. I'm going to tell you a story. At first, it's going to sound ridiculous. But the longer I talk... We have to find the keys. The more rational it's going to appear. I can't believe you found coffee. Sugar, right? Yeah. Hold on. Three. How many times have we been here? How many times? For me, it's been an eternity. This is not the end. The invasion will fail. We lose everything. This is not I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up! You happened to me. You hijacked their power. How do I control it? You have to die. Ah! Every day. Keep coming here and I'll train you. Again, again. Your leg's broken. No, I'm good. Then you better start over. Oh, come on. I'm not a soldier. Of course you're not. You're a weapon. they want to conquer the rest of the world unless you change the outcome we are not equipped for what's out there how many times have we been here 
What are you not telling me? It's gonna be dark in a few hours. And curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. We should just reset. Whoa! So the premise of this movie is, and they don't really let you in on it till maybe 40 minutes into the movie, about how he's able to go back in time and stuff. Well, you know what or, the premise is if you saw the trip. Well, yeah, but I mean, how, he's, how he has the power to constantly relive the same day over and over again. Uh, but in it, which is, which is really interesting, too, because and this is why Tom Cruise is maybe the best actor right now, action star, is because he actually plays against his type in this. You know, when you see the trailers, you think, oh, he just doesn't know. He just needs to learn to be a better soldier. He's not even a soldier in this. He's actually some pussy uh, figurehead for um, a coward. A coward. But he. But what's what's his job title? He's basically like, a figurehead who just tells people the war's going good. He's like an earnest. Like he's the marketing device. For yeah, his, he's like, a marketing guy. Fight. Yeah, and he he's given some ceremonial major title mm-hmm. by the United States Army, and he's a recruitment device. Like yeah, he's supposed to just say like you know. We gotta save mankind, and like he's like the Gary Sinise awesome. of our real army commercials. <laughs> he does a voiceover for him. Oh, okay, um, but yeah, so he just goes up, and it uh, the the British aren't impressed, and they say, "Yeah, you're gonna fight in this," and they, which he thinks is against the law, but I guess. Yeah. Um, well, they, he talked to a U.S. Army guy, and the mm-hmm. Army guy said it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> so he gets knocked out. He wakes up at Heathrow Airport, where they're staging this invasion of France, which kind of is. It's basically like a sci-fi Saving Private Ryan, um, and it came out the day after D-Day, which is yeah, like, that's kind of weird. What, was that intentional? I don't know. Uh, you so, see a lot of storming the beach in this movie. You, yeah, it is uh, because you know one of the things that was scary about this movie is because I mean the the tagline is "Live, Die, Repeat," and you're basically repeating the same thing over and over again. How do you make it interesting? Mm. And amazingly, they do. And um, they repeat a lot, like Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, a couple times, but this one's like in such a fast pace. Like it was really like trying to put myself in the mindset of an editor. Like it's got to be just draining oh, yeah. to try to edit the way they did. Like going back to the same stuff so many times and still making it interesting and different. Oh man! And what's really cool is you s- you see Tom Cruise die in it. I mean, and be- for someone to be that big of a star, I mean, this is a risky movie because one, it's you know, I mean, yeah, it's in his wheelhouse of action sci-fi. We but just it, have a good track record of action sci-fi. Yeah, like. exactly. And so, and he's—I mean, besides Minority Report and War of the Worlds. Yeah. But in this one, I mean, he's playing a, a guy you really don't even like at the beginning. You're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know, all these people are laying down their lines, and he's just out there saying, "Oh, we're going to win this war." And you find out that these creatures, which are really cool, um, like I forget mimics. Mimics. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're—they know that they're coming, and and I was actually shocked at the beginning when Emily Blunt dies immediately. Um, you're like, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck is happening? And then Tom Cruise dies really violently. Uh, and then it turns out that because he killed an alpha, this huge mimic, he kind of resets the day because those guys aren't supposed to die or something like that. Yeah, I'm still a little unclear on how the time... I think I'm going to have to watch works. it again. Yeah. Um, but just know that he ki- he killed this one creature, and, it, and because he did it... Because his blood got on him. Yeah, the other, the main villain in it that you really don't see has to manipulate the time because these monsters aren't supposed to die um and so they go he keeps on reliving this over and over and over again and you know what the movie did well too is they would advance the story along 
but they wouldn't show you how he got there, how he got to the next part of it. And he says, I don't know. I haven't got this far yet. And then he has to. And after only seeing it like repeat 20 times, mm-hmm. you soon find out that he's actually gone ahead like 300 times. Exactly. And I could imagine doing that. And what's really cool is they play up Emily Blunt being a romantic interest for him that only he knows about because he's reintroducing himself to her every day. And which is really why Tom Cruise is such a great actor is he knows she's going to die. And every time she dies as as the movie goes along, it it eats at him. It kills him a little bit more. And you find out that her character went through the same thing with like her husband or boyfriend or whoever, you know, I, she said I had to see him die 300 times, 300 times. I had to see this guy die. And you know, when they get to that farmhouse and he's trying to talk her out of taking up this helicopter and you don't understand why. And he then he finally says, you know, I've been here before. And every time you do it, you don't make it. Every time we do this, you don't make it. And he's trying to change the future because he's grown fond of her character. And she's really cool in it. Every time she's on screen, I get a little tingle in my wiener. So <laughs> I know every time she uh, like did that push-up and then like arched her back, yeah. like they repeated that thing a couple times. Like They're really... Uh showing her off they are but you know it's too but in it she plays a straight-up action lady and you know what's cool is they don't make it sappy romantic though because what's again i said it she doesn't know so she doesn't play it like oh i've fallen in love with the dreamy tom cruise no every time he sees her he has to convince her again that hey i've been sent here blah 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 blah. Yeah, um, you told me to come find you yeah told me to come find you uh and i mean she dies in some pretty horrific ways um it's it's really it's a really cool movie. Um, yeah, I can't even. I'm trying to think of what I really didn't like about it. The ending was a little murky for me. The only thing I can uh, big spoilers. The only thing I can think of is that when they get there and that alpha monster kills her, somehow she gets blood on him. And so then when Tom Cruise, I don't know, you t- you explain the ending to me. You mean like when he blows up the Omega? Yeah, obviously the blood gets on him. But why did he go so far back and the Omega was dead? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why, like, is he, he, I guess, well, the out, the Omega blood got on him, so obviously he gets, like, another chance to time travel again, but it, it, it should go back before they killed the Omega, so. But I guess, but it, is it broken because he killed the Omega and the blood got on him, so he's able to go back? I guess he gets one more shot or something? Yeah, because I guess the Omega's already dead, so, but the blood got on him, so it actually worked for him to go back. And why does it let him go back to that point? Yeah, I don't time? know. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's too too cool to really think about it. Yeah, when you watch the movie. I mean, but the movie is really, I mean, it's really well done. Um, and what what did you really like about the movie, Brand? Uh, I think maybe twenty minutes in or something. I like, I was just, just thinking about like how I expected the dialogue for one of these movies to be, mm-hmm. and it never achieved that. Like, yeah. it, there was never like some cliche bullshit of like you know action movies have where you know they have this goal and they say like the typical things i i don't have a specific example but it's just like it's it felt like the movie had its own language you know yeah well you know you're right because you know tom cruise's character never had those funny one-liners um you know uh, but he, he was funny unintentionally the the part where he's trying to find uh emily blunt's character i forget her name it's rita something um, he's Rita, yeah. So, uh, so he's doing these push-ups, and his plan is to roll underneath this uh, Humvee <laughs> yeah. 
to get away, and the first time he does it, he gets ran over, and Bill Paxton's like, why the hell did he do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he makes this noise like, <laughs> I don't know what noise was, but it was uh, pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's weird. They make some like real comedy out of the violence in this movie. Like, There's a couple other times where he dies pretty hilariously yeah but it's not hilarious really it's not but it's weird because uh yeah i also didn't get like so they go to that general right and they convince him to give Mm -hmm. they convince him to give him this device that's going to allow him to actually see where the omegas are but then the like so the general has this thing about like how he's finally convinced Mm -hmm. but then he still calls the cops on him yeah i guess he doesn't really believe him like, why even give them the device then, like, and let them go? And just, like, just call them to the room. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Weird motivation at that point. But I guess because he had, he had a gun on him from Rita. That's yeah. something I think of. And then the end, uh, like, there wasn't anything too, sp- like, creative about the end. Like, they kind of just go to, the mm-hmm. like, the Louvre and then, you know, fight a few things and get in. So there wasn't anything as inventive as the earlier parts in the movie, I guess. But still, it wasn't. No, here's a scene from the movie that could be cool. It could not be cool. I don't I haven't watched it yet. You'll have to. I'll pick something. Pick something. I'm sure it'll be Tom Cruise acting awesome. I'm sorry. I'm trying to save you. We're getting slaughtered. You need to get us off this beach. We have to go. This dropship is about to explode. We have to go now. Wait. Come on! He's cool, though. I mean, I think Tom Cruise might be the only actor who can really play this part. Because I, I, I he, people always make fun of me because I love Tom Cruise. But I, I dare people to really name a bad movie. And he might make an okay movie, but a bad movie. Um, and he's, I believe everything he's in. I really do. And I mean, in this, I believe that he was a pussy at the beginning. <laughs> but, you know, having to relive and die 300 times, it toughened him up. And it taught yeah, him to was, be. He was a badass by the end. Yeah, you know, what's cool, too, is even Emily Blunt's character, she didn't mess around. She said, you need to learn this, and she would shoot him in the head constantly, and um, it was was pretty fascinating. Yeah, God, I I like the part where, um, because the whole time he keeps going to her and, like, devising a plan to go fight these alphas or whatever, and then after, like, the 200th time, it finally occurs to him to, like, not go find her. Yeah. And just use what he already knows and do it himself. Yeah. Like that, that was just like a cool deviation. Yeah, because yeah. you know, again, like he's trying to, he starts doing these things to like convince her not to go places and mm-hmm. like to save her when all he had to really do was just like not find her. Yeah, because you know, yeah, he, he realized through all his planning that maybe he was the reason why she was dying and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was really cool. Yeah, you're right to go through and just it's just a well done movie. It's really cool. 
Um, I recommend it. It's yeah. it's definitely one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, it's uh, I was reading something where it's a little disappointing. Like I don't know. I, I haven't read The Fault in Our Stars, or I'm probably not going to see it. But I'm sure it's a good movie. But it's like this one's going to get kind of second place for yeah. the weekend, and then get like all this press on like oh it underperformed. Boo. Mm-hmm. When people should see it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like a great summer tentpole movie. It is, and you know, it's a cool sci-fi movie. You know, I yeah. I always wait for them every year, and usually one. I mean, I liked Oblivion last year too, but this one is I think is more creative and a little more. Um, yeah, like I I love the production design of Oblivion, but like the whole story and like execution of it mm-hmm. seemed really underwhelming to me. Yeah, and then Elysium was like high expectations, like oh really cool sci-fi, and then it was just like oh okay well. He's just getting from A to B, and he's actually kind of a shithead to begin with. Um, yeah. So that was underwhelming, and this finally... So I was kind of expecting that again, but yeah. this was actually like, oh my god, I think I could watch this more times. Yeah, I mean, I really want to watch again. I can't... Actually, I can't wait for the Blu-ray to re-watch it constantly, because yeah. I want to see if I miss some things. And I want to understand the science... Oh, not the science, but like... The, the rules, rules yeah, yeah. Of how this whole time travel thing is working with their blood. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I might have missed a few... Or I didn't pick up the lines fast enough in the movie. Because that's part um, of their plan is, like, they're convincing us that we can win mm-hmm. by allowing us to repeat days. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure, like, what they're trying to... Because they're world conquerors. Yeah. What are they trying, like... By, I, th- I think that might be some of the appeal of it, though, is like, I think you don't really know their end game in it. Yeah, you, you don't want to reveal too much about the villains because then they become, like... If you if you know too much about them, they're not as scary. Yeah. So, if if you find out they're just looking for food, and you're like, oh, okay, well, they're just a <laughs> dumb animal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no... But you know they're not, because there's that one thing where they know they can't kill Tom Cruise's character, because he'll just that repeat cool. the day. Yeah. And so they're trying to... Uh, bloodlet him. Bl- yeah. Let's let, I, I don't know exactly what they were doing. They weren't trying to kill him. But well, they, they tried to just, like non-lethally hurt him so that yeah. he would lose the blood and oh, then yeah, stop time right. traveling. Yeah, that's right. The more he travels, the more he learns and they find the, we- that's he right. finds the weakness. But so. it was really cool because, uh, you know, you saw the alpha and, and that was a cool little twist too because you're expecting to see the Omega there and then you realize that they're manipulating him too. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. The movie's well I kinda, done. I kind of suspected it wasn't going to be in the German dam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was surprised when they were uh, actually stuffed there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, go see Edge of Tomorrow. I had yeah. fun. It was awesome. Um next week make sure you stop by and say hi to us at Denver Comic Con. We'll be there. We'll have our booth set up. It'll be cool. I'm not sure exactly what Brad has planned this year, but we'll have something in the booth for people to watch. I don't know, are you doing the projector yet? Do we know what we're doing? I'll bring the projector. I don't know if we're gonna show like the we'll episode figure it out. slideshow from last year or if we're gonna just play the Blu ray. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It'll be fun anyways. We really want to talk to you, so sit down and talk to us on the show. We have lots of fun meeting people. Uh, make sure you go to room 403-404-402-404. Saturday at 545, we will have a presentation and give away. 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Of Real Nerds. Of Real Nerds. At Denver Comic Con, dude. That's kind of surreal, actually, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, I hope people show up. I hope people show up, too. Um, thanks for listening. Next week, we're seeing 22 Jump Street on top of Denver Comic Con. Yeah, we're going to find time for that. Did you hear about the Spider-Man screening at Mile High Stadium? No. I kind of want to do that. <laughs> uh, what is it? I don't even know. Um, who is it? Some company. Oh, the Outlaws. The Colorado mm-hmm. Outlaws uh, lacrosse team. They've invited 
well, you have to buy tickets, but you're invited to go down and watch The Amazing Spider-Man, the first Amazing Spider-Man, on the grass of Sports Authority Field. Oh, they're projecting it on the grass? No, it's going to be on the the HD monitor. Oh, cool. So, but you get to sit on the grass. Oh, sweet. I might, have, I might have to do that. Yeah. What day is it? Uh, I think it's Friday or Saturday. This week? It's after the con. It's after the con. Okay. Well, I won't see it. Yeah. Maybe we're already down there. Maybe we'll do it. Get a picnic. We'll have KFC or something. Yeah. Might be cool. KFC. (laughs) (laughs) On a blanket. Uh, Thanks for listening. Um, See you at Denver Comic Con 2014. Exciting times. Bye. James says bye. Bye. All right. All right. All right. I love Matthew McConaughey. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.